Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I hope and trust that you are all well. Before I get started, I would like to give a very special shout out to the Patreon members. Cindy Cleveland, Tavia S, Interscare Wifey, Samantha, OKV, Tina Mead, Mana Ash, Felicia Scott, House of Jen, Nancy Wallace, and Paul Reese. Thank you all so much for being a part of the new membership. Down below in the description box, if you like what you are hearing, you can buy me a coffee. You can also join the newest membership over on Patreon, or you can become a member right here on YouTube. Just be sure to check that box below. Also, if you enjoy what you're hearing, please leave the video a like as it does help push it into the YouTube algorithm. Also, leave a comment. And if you're not subscribed, I would love to have you as part of the Back to Ashes family. Just hit that white subscribe button below and make sure to set your notification bell to all. That way you know every time I upload new content. With all of that being said, it is time to go back to ashes. For when we arise from the ashes, we are a bigger, brighter, stronger, and happier person in the morning. Sit back, relax, kick back, grab a snack, or tuck in and get warm, and enjoy this dose of vocal melatonin entitled, True Creepy Encounters. Right after this intro, an ad will play. I'll read the first story an ad will play. After that, there will be no more ads within this video. I went on a walk tonight because I have had such a long day and a lot on my mind. I can't tell if I want to try and process this or not, but I just don't know what to feel. It is starting to make me disassociate myself because this shook me up so hard. Home invasion is one of my biggest fears and I have serious paranoia about it when it gets triggered. So tonight, when I was on a walk, I saw a man walking around too, when I was right across from my apartment complex. He was leaving the area by my building and walking away down the street. I crossed the street and walked beside him for a minute, at quite a distance, mind you, and he looked back at me quite a couple times. I thought it was weird, but he was walking away from the apartment, so it is whatever. I went back into my apartment, and two minutes later, I hear knocking at the door. I was immediately scared because I knew it was going to be that man. I wasn't expecting any visitors. I went to the door to make sure it was locked and looked through the window and peephole and saw that it was him. He persistently kept knocking, but it wasn't that aggressive. He knocked four times, paused, then again four times, and kept going. I just froze, and my first thought was to call 911. I just feared he wasn't going to leave, and he would know I live alone. He went away, but I was so freaked out. I was in contact with the police, and they made sure... He wasn't still outside lurking. After that, I left, and I am not sleeping there tonight, or maybe for the next few nights. In the late 90s, I accompanied my mom to England so she could see where her grandparents had lived. I was basically just there to look after her because my dad didn't want to come and my mom has a hard time doing things by herself. 
Our agreement was that after spending a week in England, the second week we could spend in Ireland. But my mom was terrible at planning, so we ended up spending a week sort of in limbo, in Liverpool waiting for the Irish Sea to calm down so we could cross it on a ferry. It was September, probably the worst month to try crossing, and we never made it to Ireland. So anyways, for five days I had to try to find places for us to sleep at night, because she also made no hotel reservations for our entire two-week stay. And I was completely unaware of this until we were already in England. I picked a hotel that seemed okay and my mom paid to sleep in a different room because she has really bad RLS and shakes violently at night. It keeps everybody up. In the middle of the night, I heard a man yelling in the hallway. He had to have been very intoxicated. He was pounding on doors all the way down the hall and hitting the walls. Being the punk-ass kid I was... I made the mistake of acknowledging his rage by telling him to shut up. This really enraged him. He started beating on my door, screaming he was going to kill me. He tried the doorknob and thank God those doors had an automatic lock. I started looking around the room and realized this hotel has no phones in the room. Like I said, it was the 90s. I went to the window, but I was three floors up, and the windows didn't open either. So I just stayed there, listening as he did his best to break the door down while threatening what he was going to do to me once he opened the door. This went on for at least 20 minutes. Somehow, I finally fell asleep. When I woke up the next day, I saw just how much damage he had done. He smashed in my door with a fire extinguisher he had pulled off the wall. There were dents and marks all down the hall where he had dragged it violently from end to end. The worst part was my mom down the hall who never said anything. When I told the clerk as we were checking out, he looked at me like I was crazy and making it up. I told him, just go look. Later, I asked my mom about it, and she said, Oh yeah, I thought I heard you screaming. Was that you crying for help? So, the other day I was driving home from lunch with my wife, who works in a sketchy part of town. I thought I'd stop by a store I frequent, but not usually in this location, just to see if they have anything different. I was just about to drop into a parking space in the pretty busy lot when the old feller fast walks up to my window. Why me? White middle-aged guy in a minivan? Thought I was safe? I guess we look like a good mark. He is frantically waving me down. Seems well put together, clean golf shirt, jeans, and a baseball cap. So I rode down my window thinking he must need some very specific help. A jump start, he has a flat, someone is hurt, etc. 
Immediately, he launches into a long story about how he needs $13 to make his rent and doesn't get paid until Friday, yada yada. He may have been telling the truth. I legit have no cash on me and tell him so. He says something to the effect of, isn't it terrible no one uses cash anymore? I give a bland agreement. The discussion is going nowhere when suddenly another car comes the wrong way down the parking lane. I'm in the middle lane. It's clearly marked one way and the car is parked on a diagonal. So I have to pull over to get out of the way while the other driver practically runs over the old guy who has to quickly move against the parked cars. All this is giving such a weird vibe, I decide to just drive off. I don't need to go to the store that bad. I've passed the parking spot I was aiming for and I don't want the old guy to follow me or mess with my car, so... I never felt in danger. I'm a big dude. The old guy was probably half my weight. It's broad daylight. I don't think the wrong way car was related. Just odd. But the whole thing just felt... off. This happened over Memorial Day weekend. Note the driver has since been reported and we are considering taking matters to the police. I spent the weekend with two girlfriends in Vegas. We decided to call a lift to Old Vegas. The lift driver was an older man from Greece. Seemed friendly enough in the beginning of the ride and no red flags yet. He started asking one of my friend's questions that could be used to map out where exactly her neighborhood is without exactly asking directly where she lives. Asking her questions like what state she's from, what town, and what kind of stores were near her hometown, and how far away they are to her, specifically Costco. First red flag went off. Second red flag went off when we realized what should have been only a 10 minute was now getting closer to a half hour ride. We had somehow ended up back at the resort we had started the trip from. We all noticed that now and asked why we did a loop like that. He answered with some type of non-answer at this point, which none of us understood and kept driving. It was almost as if he was trying to test how drunk we were and if we would notice. At this point, no one is talking to him anymore and he keeps rambling. One of my friends has now texted her mom and I have Google Maps out now to make sure he's taking us to the right location. He then mentions something about taking us to check out the destination we requested and then taking us to a nicer part of that area if we don't like it. The third red flag and I'm angry now. No more being friendly. All too often women have to choose between friendly or not to stay safe around men. This was a moment where I needed to make it clear he was taking us to our destination or else. I angrily say, absolutely not. We're going to where we asked to be taken. Thinking he can easily mark us as dropped off then take us to a destination where we have no ideas what's waiting for us there. 
Blank expression on his end and no reaction to my anger. Just kept rambling, but his spot is better. He eventually drops us off in the right place and we quickly get out. What's scary about this man is that he had 15,000 plus ratings. And if this were an attempt to kidnap, he must be part of a larger operation. I was driving home from a long weekend visiting family. I am a woman in my late 20s. I had left Los Angeles around midnight and was driving back to a small town where I lived on the California coast. It was about 2 a.m. and I was tired. I was about one block away from my apartment when a police car drove by me on the opposite side of the road. I didn't think anything of it and kept driving down the block. Abruptly, the police car made a U-turn and started following close behind me. I got scared because my neighborhood was dark and no one was out at that hour. The police car lit up and the officer motioned for me to pull over. Mind you, I was super close to my apartment at this point, so it was extremely annoying that I had almost made it home. The officer got out of his car and tapped on my window. My driver's side window doesn't work, so I had to open my door to speak to the officer. He asked for my license and registration. He asked a bunch of questions like where I was coming from and why I was driving so late. He started asking about me and where I lived, etc. He never said why he pulled me over, so I finally asked him. He said he saw that my brake lights were out and that's why he pulled me over. I immediately felt sick and panicked. How could he have seen that my brake lights were out? He had driven by me on the opposite side of the road, so that made no sense. He had made a U-turn to follow me, so what had made him do that? He went back to his car to run my information. I work for the government, so my plates are blocked. If any officer tries to run my info, it will show that my info is confidential. When the officer came back, his tune changed. He obviously saw I worked for a government agency and he couldn't mess with me like he clearly wanted to. He gave me my license back and asked me where I was going. I simply answered that I was driving home. He said, well, I'll watch you drive home. It was so strange. I didn't really have a choice, so I drove half a block and pulled into my gated apartment complex. Luckily, there were tons of apartment units in my complex, so he couldn't see which one I lived in. The next day, I asked my boyfriend to help me test all my lights on my car. Tail lights, brake lights, etc. None of them were out. That creepy feeling washed over me again. The officer had had other intentions for stopping me. I realized my plates being blocked by my government employer had scared the officer off that night. I didn't want to think what would have happened otherwise. At work a few days later, I asked about the local police department in my area. At work a few days later, 
I ask about the local police department in my area. Apparently, there were no corrupt officers, and my co-workers said they were not surprised when I told them my story. As a young woman, I learned how important it is to be careful, know your rights, and don't answer unnecessary questions. Take care of yourselves, ladies. Alright, so this happened when I was younger. I had a friend over at my dad's house for the first time and we were having a lot of fun. My dad went out into the front yard to take a phone call. At this time, it was about 10.30 at night and we were hyped up off Dr. Pepper and Mountain Dew and were hypers so we went outside with my dad. We mainly stayed in the front yard until we decided we wanted to go inside. Me and my friend jumped my back fence because we were right next to it. For context, I had a pit bull and a very large German shepherd who were also in the backyard. Me and my friend went up to the second floor and were playing with makeup. About 30 minutes later, we went back downstairs because I heard my dogs barking and decided to let them in. The dogs had their own fenced-off area in the backyard to not interfere with the garden. Because my dad hadn't let them in yet. My friend pointed out that my dad was still out on the front porch. Alright, cool. I went to my back door to open it and I see a man crouching by the back gate, staring at my back door. He was next to the side of the gate that we had previously jumped. I asked my friend to stay there and make sure the man stayed there, and I was going to go check if my dad was still on the front porch. He was. For whatever reason, I did not tell my dad that this man was in our backyard. Instead, me and my friend watched him out there for about 20 minutes. After the 20 minutes, he moved across the street and crouched next to a car for 5 minutes, then comes back to the gate. I decided it was unsafe for my dogs to still be out in the yard, so I turned on the light to help me see clearer and let the dog's gate open. After I let my dogs in, this guy is still crouched, not moving a bit. Ten more minutes, which to me seemed like ten hours, passed by, and the guy is still there but stands up. After seeing the man stand up, I realized he is holding something which looked like a metal pipe. I locked the door and me and my friend ran across the house to the front door to tell my dad to come inside. I never gave him an explanation as to why, but I'm guessing he saw the urgency in my face or voice and listened. I went out looking for my lost cat during the evening at 10 p.m. There's a school nearby that my cat could have easily gotten into. There were two guards on duty that night and I decided to ask them if they'd seen my cat and if they have to give me a call. I gave one guard my number so I went back home and not even five minutes later I received a missed call from this guard. I call him back and he said there's four cats in the school but he doesn't know if one of them is mine. 
so I go there to check it out. As I arrive there, I ask the guard if any cat fits my cat's description, and he said he doesn't know, as it's dark and they don't have a flashlight. The other guard seems to be occupied on his phone, only looks up once or twice. So the other guard says I should come in and have a look if my cat is there. So I go into the school alone and don't see any cats anywhere. He keeps saying maybe they went further down into the hallway where it's not a well-lit area. And this guy starts to walk closer to me. The other guard went patrolling down the school, but I couldn't see him. Anyways, I couldn't find my cat and this guard kept staring at me. I told him I have to go back home as it's getting late and I'll just look tomorrow. He kept insisting I stay and then he grabbed a plank in the dark and was holding it. This immediately gave me a bad vibe. I just wanted to get out of there and fast. I told him I have to go and couldn't stay here looking for my cat. He said something in another language to the other guard that came up to the school and I'm not sure what he said. Anyways, I walked up the school near the gate. The guard then pulled my hand like he didn't want me to go and I'm like, I have to get home. I told him to open the gate as it was locked and then he said, I must wait here. And then he turned to go get his keys. I then told him my father is a lawyer and will be looking for me. All of a sudden, he grabs the keys out of his pocket and opens the gate. This guard had other intentions. I just knew it. He lied and then got chicken shit. But still, he didn't seem phased by that. He kept asking me when I'm coming back there, and I said I'm not. The other guard then came up and asked me if I had children. I told him no. He asked why not. I told him it's none of his business. Anyway, I went back home safely. But things could have gotten a lot worse very easily. And I could have been essayed and God knows what. This guard hasn't stopped trying to call me though. The whole weekend I've been receiving missed calls. I don't know what to do, but I'm thinking of reporting these guards and getting them fired but I don't know who to go to as their boss or the man that hired them. It looked like he just hires guys off the street. How do I report this without putting myself or my cat in danger? I'm afraid if they see my cat, they will harm him, so I keep walking around looking for him by the school. I think what I'll do is report this to someone once the school opens. This happened a year ago when my husband, let's call him C for anonymity, and I went to the cinema to watch a movie. I do not remember what movie it was. And the theater was half full. C and I loved to sit at the very top middle of the cinema to directly face the monitor and not be bothered by other people. So most of the time it's just us in the entire row. When we do get to our seat, there is another guy sitting at least four seats apart from us to our left, and another couple by the aisle on the right. 
It's just the five of us in that entire row. The guy was wearing a hoodie and it's up on his head so we can't really see his face. He also has a big black backpack with him that he puts on the floor. That was already a red flag to me because it's a big theater and they don't allow bringing big bags inside. But at that time, I noticed in the entrance that there wasn't anyone to check bags. I tried ignoring the uncomfortable feeling I had. The couple to our right moved to another aisle seat below us, so it left C and I with a guy in the entire top row. This is the description of our seating arrangement, just so you have an idea. I'm sitting on the left side and C is sitting on my right. The guy is sitting to my left, four seats down. We are on the very top of the cinema and there is a space at the back where you can stand. Everything was fine until the guy started picking up his backpack and scrunching inside it like he's looking for something or going to get something out. Then he would stare at us. He would stare at us for at least a good two to three minutes, then starts scrunching inside his bag again. Then he stops and watches the movie. Even though I'm not looking directly at him, I can see him in my peripheral vision. He would continue to stare at us throughout the entire movie. C had noticed it too. This guy wouldn't sit still. He would start turning towards us to let us know that he's looking at us. Then other times he would get up and just stand there on the aisle, staring at us. We both are not confrontational, so we tried our best to ignore him. Also, because we didn't want to bother anyone, and it's only the three of us in that row. If he did something to us, we might not be able to ask for help. I asked C if we can move to another seat because I was feeling very uncomfortable. Maybe to another row. But he didn't want to because one, we love sitting in the middle seat, and all the middle seats, including the one below us, are already taken. We both didn't want to sit on the side of the theater. We don't like being too close to the monitor. Two, because he didn't want to get the guy's attention and make him think that we're scared of him or make him think that we're scared of him. So we both tried our best to ignore him. And also because we both are not judgmental people. We wanted to give the benefit of the doubt that he is just weird and just wants some attention. But he kept on staring at us and was scrunching in his backpack again, like he's purposefully doing it to let us know that he has something inside his backpack. My imagination starts to get wild and started thinking that he might have a gun inside his bag and start shooting. But the most uncomfortable thing happened. The movie was close to the ending, like 20 to 25 minutes to the ending when he suddenly got up again, took his backpack, but this time he went to the back of our row. Although we could not see him, we knew that he was standing close to us. C and I felt very uncomfortable, and we were so sure that he would start doing something bad. He just stood there until the movie ended, and we both can hear him moving, not knowing what he was doing. 
C and I both tried to calm down and hope that nothing will happen. Finally, the movie ended and we immediately got up and left. We didn't bother to see what he looks like, we just wanted to leave. We were so grateful that nothing had happened. The entire situation was odd and it really creeped the both of us out. I have no idea what his deal was, why he would stare at us like that, or why he would stand right behind us. But the next time this happened again, screw it, we're moving to another row. This happened to me a few weeks ago in New York City. I was walking to my appointment in Midtown. It was morning. I had my headphones in. This older woman was walking toward me and started urgently waving me down as I passed her. I slow down and take an earbud out because I'm curious. She immediately starts telling me how her friend was supposed to meet her right where we were and wanted me to call him for her because she didn't have a phone. Then she said, It'll be just a second. His number is... and starts rattling off a number. I don't know why, but I found myself starting to actually type this number out to call it when everything clicked. I don't want this random guy she's calling to have my number. My gut said it was a bad idea to call, and also I was going to be late to my appointment. I was just like... Actually, sorry, I gotta run. Um, maybe try using a phone in one of the stores? She flipped a switch, starts yelling at me, tells me to go F myself, etc. I put my earbud back in and hauled ass away from her. When I was a bit further away, I looked back and saw she wasn't stopping anyone else. Anyway... Do you think it was some kind of scam, drug-related, or a crazy person, or something more sinister? It was pretty freaky either way, though, especially the way her demeanor changed. All I have to say is, be careful out there, people. A bit of context. I'm a female. 22 and I am petite, really pale and always with messy hair. I was wearing loosened clothes, all white. Maybe you will guess where I'm heading to. I was outside smoking, while sitting on a chair in my front yard. I forgot to mention an essential detail. I live in the countryside. My street leads to fields and forests. The night here hits differently, if you know what I mean. The sky offers some great masterpieces freely to our starry eyes. So yes, I was just hyper-focusing on the sky. I just stood up and decided to take a picture. I wanted to reproduce it through painting. However, I was really disappointed by my lame camera. I decided to head inside to grab one of my parents' phones since their quality was so much better. While I was trying to take some pics... I felt a gaze upon me. It was my new neighbor. She was just staring at me. I was in my front garden, just in front of her house. 
I was waiting since in my front yard there is an automatic light. It flashes at any moment and lasts for like 20 seconds. An important element. So I was only visible for a few moments. It was pitch dark again. There are no street lights where I live, so I was relieved to feel invisible. As I was finally taking mesmerized pictures out of the blue, the flash of the phone I was holding started to light up. The moon was right to the left side of her house. Yeah, it looked like I was taking photos of her house. I heard her screaming. I put my hand on the flashlight and turned it off. I was petrified. I didn't know which option was the best. A. Fleeing into my house so reactivating the flashlight would look suspicious. B. Confronting her, also talking to her for the first time, and explaining the whole situation because I scared her quite often. I will explain after another option. C. Just disappearing into the dark and waiting. I'm a night owl and I love art. It is not unusual to see me outside standing right in front of my house or in the middle of the driveway past midnight taking pictures, smoking, or just contemplating. I spooked her multiple times, I know, because she said that I was the weird neighbor to someone. One day I was playing in the front yard, playing with my cat with a red laser, obviously late at night. I accidentally pointed my laser towards one of her windows, so a flashy red light point was visible. I heard her screaming as it lit up the room. I turned it off and I glanced at her. She was looking at me and shut the curtains. Back to the story. I decided to move and wait. I was like, I should still continue taking pics. I heard loud voices and the front door opened. I heard them walking slowly towards their cat and whispering. What was I supposed to do? I just took a last pick and headed into my house. As the flash went on, I was petting my cat. I heard her saying, Again with this weird chick. As soon as I closed the door, I laughed out loud. Nervous reaction, maybe? I should find a way to talk to her, reassuring her that... I am not a threatening person or I'm not the weird neighbor. I really just love art. I don't know, but after that night, I actually realized I must be the creepy person to her. This happened a few years ago. The year was 2018. Me and three other friends, who were all males in their early 20s, decided to travel to Bali for about a week, since it was cheap and we had the time, so why not? Our itinerary includes sightseeing, trying local foods, mountain climbing, visiting bars at the beach, basically a typical vacation in Indonesia. It was honestly quite a surreal experience. The country is absolutely beautiful and the food was amazing. The only issue I had about the trip were the locals. Drugs were really prominent there, especially mushrooms. The streets were filled with druggies dying to sell their drugs. 
I'm not exaggerating when I say this. One dude even grabbed my arm because I ignored his two-for-one deal for a one-way trip to meet Jesus. I shrugged him off while my friends laughed it off, suggesting that I may be passing up a chance to meet our Lord and Savior. He looked rabid and frantic, but he was about to pounce on me like some dog diagnosed with rabies. I didn't feel too afraid as we were confident that we could handle them, since half of them were not even sober. However, that is only the tip of the iceberg. The horror starts when we went back to our Airbnb for the night. We had an early day the next morning and were exhausted. The place was extremely cheap and it didn't even have a proper locking mechanism for the door. It had two wooden doors which swung inwards and the only way to lock them was to wedge a wooden block through the holes mounted on the door. It was quite a primitive lock, but it gets the job done, so whatever. Everything was going well until the last night of our trip, when we realized that the wooden block was missing. We looked everywhere for it, but to no avail. I just figured that one of us must have misplaced it somewhere. We settled for using a selfie stick. I know, it sounds like a horrible idea. Instead, since we didn't have anything that fits the holes to wedge the doors closed, we turned in for the night seemingly not expecting anything since we had already stayed there for six days with no issues. I woke up to strange clicking sounds in the dead of the night. I got out of my bed and I thought maybe it is one of the guys, so I nonchalantly approached the noise. My friends were all sleeping, so I decided to investigate the cause of the noise. The ruckus seemed to be coming from the door, so I headed towards them, feeling extremely confused. Who could be at our doorstep at this time of night? I noticed the doors were slightly opened, and the selfie stick was horribly deformed. I peeked outside, and I saw three people staring through the gap between the doors. They were really close to the entrance and were attempting to push the doors open. I yelled at them, questioning their intentions, as I noticed one of them was holding the wooden block. I was shocked and puzzled at the situation as I recognized one of the men. He did the overall cleaning for the Airbnbs and pathways during the day, so there is no reason for him to be there at 3 a.m., the other dude asked if the wooden block belonged to us as they allegedly found it outside of our Airbnb. I definitely smelled bullcrap as there was absolutely no reason to do that at 3 a.m. I called for my guys and the three men immediately ran for it. I clue in the guys on the circumstances and we stayed up until morning just in case they tried anything funny. We decided to report it to the reception about their employee, but the description I gave them was not synonymous with theirs. They told me the housekeepers they hired consists of only females in their late 30s and 40s. This sent shivers down my spine as we came to realize that we had let a complete imposter in and out of our rooms while we were out. Luckily, nothing important was lost and we got out of the situation safely. 
I can't imagine what would have happened if I didn't wake up on that fateful night as the doors were close to being open. I was just grateful that it was on our last night there. Back when I was in college, my roommates and I decided to drive to Boulder, Colorado for spring break. To maximize our time in Boulder, we decided to take shifts and drive all the way through rather than stopping for overnight stays. It was roughly an 18-hour trip. So I'm driving my shift when we reach the Texas Panhandle in the early morning hours. We're out in the middle of nowhere and have not seen a single car in either direction for ages when we noticed headlights behind us. The car came up on us quickly, then followed behind us for some time. Oddly, it would get real close to us, then back off real far, then get close again. This pattern continued for several miles. We're in the car nervously joking about it being a potential deliverance situation set in Texas flatland. Suddenly, the headlights were joined by red and blue police lights. It was so dark out there that we had not seen the light bar on the top of the hood and had not realized we were being followed by a cop. I checked my speedometer and I'm not speeding. So we're all wondering why we're getting pulled over, but I go ahead and pull to the shoulder. Up comes a cop wearing a cowboy hat to the window. He shines his light in the car and looks us over, then asks me to get out of the car. I hesitate at first, but there are three other people in the car, so I'm not feeling particularly unsafe at this point. I grab my wallet, get out, and stand against the driver door. The cop looks at my license and insurance, then tells me he's going to do a sobriety test. I'm thinking, what the hell? But I know I've had nothing to drink, so I say okay. The way the cop directed me for the walking in a straight line test had me ending my walk right by his car. When I finished, he reached over to open his back passenger door and then told me to get in. Here's the conversation between me and the cop. What? Why? Sit in the car while I look up your license. Now I had heard how doors in the back of a cop car only open from the outside, so I know if I get in this car and he closes the door, I won't be able to get out. It's like 3 a.m. in the morning, pitch black darkness, on a road dozens of miles from any civilization. I am not getting in that car. Uh, I'm sorry, sir. With all respect and for my own safety, I do not want to get in the back of your car. What did you say to me? For my own safety and with all respect, I'm not sitting in the back of your car. You can call for another officer to come out here, but I do not fail safe getting in your car. Do you realize I could arrest you right now for not obeying an order from a police officer? Again, sir, I'm not meaning to be disrespectful, but I'm not getting in your car. We go back and forth like this for several minutes, him threatening to arrest me, my friends, hold us overnight, etc., etc. 
and me refusing to get in his car. The cop then leers at me and says, What? Are you afraid of being kidnapped? What the hell? How effed up to even ask that? I glance toward my car and see my friends piled up at the back window, watching, the two guys looking ready to jump out. The cop turns to look at them too. I don't know what went through his mind, but after being completely aggressive with me for what seemed forever, he finally gave me a creepy smile, handed back my license and insurance, tipped his hat, then got in the car and drove off. At this point, I was shaking so badly that my friends had to help me back into the car. I didn't even remember if he gave me a ticket. I was so glad that I had not cried in front of this butthole, but I totally broke down once in the back seat. To this day, I think about this dickhead deciding to terrorize a young college female at 3am in the middle of rural Texas and often wonder what would have happened if I had not stood my ground and instead gotten in that damn cop car. So about two years ago, I lived in a townhouse with three other young women. It was all our first time renting a place and living away from our parents unless you count the college dorms, which I kind of don't. We were all pretty young in college, and the three of us, including myself, were working part-time, mostly night shifts. When we weren't doing school or work, we enjoyed participating in typical college student activities. We weren't fans of big parties, but we often had friends over and went to other people's houses to hang out. The way our townhouse was laid out was a little weird, but I will try my best to explain it, as it is relevant. Basically, when you turn into our parking lot from the street, there were two townhouse buildings on either side. Ours was a little bigger than the one across the parking lot, and we had the unit closest to the street, at the very end of the row. Across from us was a smaller one that shared the parking lot, but was managed and owned by a different person or company. And I think the people that lived in those units were all related, or at least knew each other pretty well. Additionally, our townhouse had a fenced-in, gated backyard that we shared with the other units in our row. Our landlord said the gates should remain closed when not in use to try and keep non-residents out of the yard. But there were no locks on any of the gates, and the one on our side was pretty janky anyway. We had a sliding glass door that opened into that yard, which, notably, didn't always lock properly, and just had a metal rod in the track that kept it from opening. Lastly, our place has three bedrooms. At the front of the house was the largest bedroom, which two of my roommates shared. They generally kept their door open at night because one of them had a cat who liked to roam at night, and she wanted him to be able to get in and out. Again, this is relevant. In the back of the house were two smaller rooms, which were occupied by myself and my other roommate, and both of our windows overlooked the backyard and the little patio we had out there. 
onto the story. The neighbors across the parking lot were always a little bit odd, but at the beginning, we didn't have any major issues with them. We had a lot of old, broken-down cars in their assigned spots and in the yard that never moved, and the cops seemed to show up at their place a lot, but we never called anything in. There were some noise issues now and then. Mostly we could hear them screaming at each other, and I always worried about it a little bit because there were kids in that house. But at the end of the day, there was never really anything that could be proved and we kept to ourselves, so they never really bothered us. We did our best to avoid them, but the dumpsters were shared between both buildings and were at the opposite end of the parking lot from our unit and had a lock on them, so some contact was unavoidable. Mostly, they would just be sitting in the broken-down cars or on lawn chairs in the yard, and they'd just watch us throwing out our trash. We generally avoided going to the dumpsters alone or at night because it was just weird and uncomfortable. The first creepy thing was in early September. One day, one of my roommates and I was going to a concert. Right before we left, I went outside to have a CBD cigarette. This was before non-nicotine smokes were 21 plus in my state and I noticed that there was a massive spider web between two of our patio chairs, and a pretty big spider on it, too. I mention this because I noted the way our patio furniture was laid out. We got back late, probably about 2 a.m., and pretty much went straight to bed. Our other roommates were already in bed, asleep, About an hour later, around 3 a.m., I was woken up by a loud banging sound coming from outside my window in the backyard. I listened for a while but didn't turn on the light or look out the window because I didn't know who or what was out there and I didn't want to attract attention to myself. I was pretty freaked out, to be honest. There was a lot of banging and scraping outside and it went on for a while probably about 10 or 15 minutes, which felt like an eternity as I was just laying in my bed listening. Eventually, though, it stopped and I went back to sleep. The next morning, I asked my roommate, whose room also overlooked the backyard, if she had heard anything, and she too had been woken up at about the same time, and she too had sat and listened, but not looked because she was scared. We did a little looking around outside and I noted that the patio furniture had been moved around and the spider I'd seen the day before was gone. Also, when we closed the sliding door, we realized the sound like some of the banging we had heard. We put the metal rod that kept the door shut back in the track and pretty quickly realized that the rod was just a little too short. This meant that when it was in the track, you could get the door open just an inch or two before the rod stopped. So the banging that had woken us up the night before had mostly likely been somebody trying to open the back door repeatedly. We tried it, and it was the same exact sound. At this point, we were pretty freaked out, but nothing had actually happened. 
so we did our best to let it go. One of my roommate's dad brought us a couple indoor security cameras, but the whole incident honestly slipped our minds after a week or two, and we didn't end up setting the cameras up. We were having a lot of issues with one of our roommates at this time, which is a whole story in and of itself, so it wasn't a huge priority. About a month later, at the beginning of October, one Friday night, two of my roommates were home, and me and the other one were out. We had curtains over the sliding door that we closed at night for privacy, but they were still somewhat sheer, and you could kind of see through them if the other side was lit up. When I got home pretty late, One of my roommates who'd been home swore up and down that she'd seen someone looking in from the other side. But when she got up and walked across the room to turn on the porch light, nobody was there anymore. This was the roommate we'd had issues with, and she was very flippant in telling of the story and had a notable history of lying for attention, so I genuinely can't say for sure if this actually happened but I can't rule it out either, given what happened the next night. The last thing that happened was also the scariest. The next night, we had all been out at various points in the evening, as it was a Saturday night and none of us had to work. My roommate, whose room was also at the back of the house, and I had got home first, after getting dinner with some of our friends, The next one to come home was a roommate we were having issues with, and I distinctly remember locking the front door after she came in, but she had a habit of forgetting to do so. My last roommate came home at about 11.30, midnight-ish, and we all went to bed shortly after that. I don't remember any of us locking the door after she came home, so we must have assumed it was locked as most of us were pretty vigilant about it. I even remember thinking that I wasn't sure if it was locked, but I also remembered locking it at some point, and I got confused and went to bed assuming it was locked, since I was pretty tired. Looking back, I wished I had just taken a minute to go double-check and make sure it was locked, First, I'll tell the following events from my perspective. I woke up, I think at around 2.30, 3am-ish, to bright lights flashing through my window. I sat up and looked outside, and there are several police cops with these big, super bright flashlights in the backyard. I could hear him telling people to stay inside. At this point, I remember being mildly entertained by the whole thing, as we had kind of sketchy neighbors and lived in a slightly sketchy neighborhood, and I was just wondering who had done what this time. I picked up my phone and saw that the roommate, whose room was on the same side of the house as mine, had texted me about 30 minutes prior, asking if I was up. I texted her back saying that I was and also mentioning that there were cops in the backyard as I assumed that was the reason she had texted me. I don't remember the exact wording of her next text, but it was something to the effect of, I know, I called them. 
She explained that there had been somebody in the house and that she was in my other roommate's room with them and that they had called 911 and I should stay put until the cops came and got me. At about this time, I heard them entering downstairs. I always had my door closed at night and I checked under my bed and in my closet just in case, so I was pretty sure I was alone in my room. The cops came and told us there was no one besides us and them in the house anymore. They asked us a couple of questions and informed us that the front door had been unlocked upon their arrival, and they found no other potential point of entry, since the metal rod was in the sliding door track and it couldn't be opened from the outside. Notably, nothing was stolen despite our car keys and wallets being on the kitchen counter and loose cash being on the dining table. There were plenty of really easy things to steal just out in the open that hadn't even been touched. There was a hutch that was in the downstairs hallway that was broken. It hadn't been broken when we went to bed. The roommate who had texted me then told the cops her story. We were all pretty freaked but she was the most freaked. Apparently, she had been up late with her door slightly open since the cat had been in her bedroom when she heard the same banging from before and then soon after, footsteps downstairs. At first, she assumed that it was one of us since there were so many people living in the house and we were all kind of night owls. However, the more she listened the more she didn't recognize the footsteps. This is probably about when she texted me. She said they were a lot heavier than most of our footsteps. For a while, it sounded like someone was just wandering downstairs. Then the footsteps came up the stairs. At this point, she was pretty sure it was not one of us, and she had her knife in one hand and her phone in the other but she was afraid to try and call 911 or wake any of us up because she didn't know who was there or what they were doing and she was afraid the intruder had a gun or other weapon. She heard him walking around in the upstairs hallway, looking in the bathroom and also in my other roommate's room, whose door was usually open at night, likely watching them sleep or something. My door was closed and he didn't try to open it, selfishly, thank goodness. He then tried to nudge open the door of the awake roommate, since it was already slightly open, and she panicked and turned on her phone flashlight. She caught a glimpse of him before he ran away, a tall, younger guy who was not white. That was all she saw in that brief moment. He bolted and she heard a loud thud downstairs which was probably him running into the hutch and breaking it, and my roommate ran across the hall to the larger bedroom and woke them both up. They locked themselves in and called 911. They did later apologize for not waking me up, but they were panicking and my door had been shut the whole time, so I was definitely not at risk. None of us slept a wink for the rest of the night, and we called our parents, since we didn't know what else to do after the cops left. We were pretty sure we'd accidentally left the front door unlocked. We set up the security cameras right after that, 
and I purchased alarms for all the doors and downstairs windows that, when turned on, would beep loudly and continuously when it was opened until it was closed again. I actually ended up moving out about two months later, partially because of this, but also because of the issues we were having with the one roommate. I cut off contact with the problem one, but remained close to the other two. The whole thing was pretty freaky, given the previous incidents and the fact that nothing was stolen. We really didn't know what to think, but we thought that it was more than possible that at least one of us was being stalked, and a lot of people in our lives agreed. We think the guy had been in the house for about 20 to 30 minutes before he was scared off. We were really all hyper-vigilant, and when I moved, I installed security at my new place as well and ended up getting a dog. Fortunately, there were no other incidents in the time I lived there or afterwards. The answer to the whole situation came a few months after I moved out. One of the previous tenants accidentally had important mail of some kind sent to the townhouse and my former roommates were able to get in contact with her and have her come pick it up. They got to talking and told her the whole story. Apparently, the sketchy neighbors from across the parking lot had a son who was schizophrenic, and I quote, He would just get out sometimes. The previous tenants had a lot of issues with him, apparently. He would regularly try to get into the house when he was having an episode and didn't seem to know where he was. It was relatively harmless, save for being something of a nuisance. Importantly, the description of the guy matched what my one roommate saw. They were able to agree on a few details about his appearance. The most likely scenario, as of now that the neighbor's son was trying to get into one of our places, not knowing where he was. When we left the door unlocked, he was able to just wander right in and walk around the house. However, when my roommate shined her flashlight on him, it spooked him and he ran for it. As scary as the whole thing was, now it just makes me sad to think about this poor guy who's clearly unwell and not getting the help he needs. We probably never know for sure what happened, but the moral of the story is always double check that your doors are locked and just be vigilant because you just never know. To this day, I'm still pretty vigilant about security. I no longer live alone, like I did for some time when I first moved, but if my current roommates are out of town or something, I almost always have my boyfriend come stay with me because I hate being home alone at night. And that, dear listeners, is the end of these true creepy encounters. If you are sleeping, I hope Slumberland is treating you kindly. If you're awake, I hope you've enjoyed this collection. Until next time, stay safe and I'll read to you soon. Have yourself a good morning, a good afternoon, or 